you have your Bibles, why don't you grab them this morning while you're standing? It's a beautiful presence of the Lord in this place this morning. It's always good to be in God's house. Amen. I want to read from the book of Hebrews. We're going to start with verse 8. I might just read some of verse 8 to start with. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out, skip a few words, it says, he went out. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out, he went out. I want to preach to you for a little while this morning about the continual call of conviction. The continual call of conviction. Praise the Lord. God bless you. It's good to see everyone that is here. You might be seated next to someone you don't know this morning. Why don't you shake their hand, make them feel welcome. It's good to have everyone here. If you're visiting with us, what you've experienced this morning is the presence of God. See, God wants to have a relationship with His church. God is not a dry, dead concept in some far distance, but He's real. And He's here. And we feel His presence here this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. The continual call of conviction. In the Bible, we read about Abraham, and Abraham is known as the father of the faithful, amen? His life was a life that was categorized by faith. And from his call in the book of Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, we are introduced to a man who lived by faith. Every day of his life was driven by faith, focused by faith. He understood his life through the lens of Faith, amen. In the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, where we read the word faith there, the, the Greek word that is there is pistis, if I'm pronouncing that right, and, and it means to have a firm or a moral conviction. Everyone say conviction. A firm or moral conviction about the truthfulness of God. To have a conviction means to have one's mind fully made up and convinced. Nothing will ever shake a person of conviction. That means when Abraham heard the voice of God, he was convinced of the veracity of God. He was convinced of the absolute truthfulness of God. If God spoke it, it must be true, for He is God. And every step of Abraham's life was categorized like that. Not only was he convinced, but he has had his mind made up. His heart was set. Nothing was going to sway him from his faith and his belief in the promises of God because he was convinced of the absolute truthfulness of the one who had made the promise. Amen. And there are three parts of Abraham's life I want to talk to you about where we can see this conviction played out and how they relate to us. The first one, is in the book of Genesis, of course. Genesis chapter 12. Why don't we turn there this morning? Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to read verse 1, of course. Everyone say amen when you're there. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. 
Now, Abraham was 75 years old when he was told to get out of his country and away from his family and away from his father's house. And, and so often, I don't know about you, but many times when I read God's Word, there are certain verses that we just kind of, we've heard so often, we kind of just skip over them, amen? And this is sometimes one of them. We kind of skip over the implications of what this call meant. But what he was doing was he was turning his back on the gods that his family had been worshiping for generations. And he was turning towards the one true God who had called him. He turned his back on his current relationship with his family. He, he left them behind. He turned his back on his inheritance. The lands that he was going to get, he left them behind and said, no, not me, I've been called to follow God. And he did it because he had a promise from God. Amen. Verse 2 tells us, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Amen. Why did he do it? He had a promise from God. And he was convinced about the promise because he was convinced about the person who had made the promise. He was convinced in his mind that God was true. That God was being honest. That God was telling the truth. Amen. He was convinced. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8, we read it already this morning, but it says that he went out at the word of the Lord. He didn't know where he was going. As a matter of fact, let me, let me read you the whole verse. Back in the book of Hebrews. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. Amen. God did not give him a road map. God did not give him a future. God did not outline the plan. God just said, go. So he went. He was obedient to the call of God. Amen. The second call that we see the second call of conviction that we see in the life of Abraham. We find it in verse 9 of Hebrews. It says, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham did not let the fact that God's promise was not fully revealed yet to shake his trust and his conviction in the absolute truthfulness of God. Amen? The Bible tells us that he searched for a city whose builder and maker was God. I wonder how many times Abraham woke up and wondered, is it worth it all? Is it worth this wandering? Is it worth living in the tents? In my father's house, I had lands I could have inherited. A house I could have inherited. And here I am living in a tent, amen? The Bible doesn't tell us any of that. So we don't know. But we do know that he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. God had promised to make him a great nation, amen? And yet he had no children. And when we read in the book of Genesis, we see that Isaac was born when Abraham was 100 years old. We know that God called him out. God called him out when he was 75. And Isaac, the fulfillment of God's promise to him, was born when Abraham was 100. Amen. For 25 years, Abraham sojourned in a strange land. Sojourn means to reside as a foreigner. That meant that for 25 years, he didn't put down roots. For 25 years, he didn't allow himself to get comfortable. He thought for 25 years that maybe today God will come through with his promise. But for 25 years, he remained continually convinced and convicted about the absolute 
truthfulness of God. He had his mind made up. I have come this far by faith. I am not turning back and I am not backing down. Amen. He remained faithful. The second call we find in Genesis chapter 22. Sorry, the third call. The third call, I should say. The third and final call of conviction. I want you to notice something here that, you know, there seems to be a, a degree of intensity, as it were. The first call is to go out. The second call is to remain faithful for 25 years until the fulfillment of that promise happens in the birth of Isaac. And then in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 2, God speaking to Abraham, He says, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 3 says, And Abraham rose up early and went. I don't know what must have gone through Abraham's mind when this request came from God. Because I don't think there is anything greater than Abraham could have given. Here was the fullest expression of the promises of God. Here was the fullest expression of the truth of God's Word. And God was saying, I want you to give it back. We don't really read in the book of Genesis about what Abraham thought. All we read is that he rose up early and went to follow the command of God. But in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 17, we read, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Verse 19, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Amen. He accounted that God was able to raise up Isaac from the dead, should he want to. Amen. After years of faithfully following God. Abraham was still convinced. Abraham still had a firm conviction in his mind about the absolute truthfulness of God. And even though God's promise was still there and God had asked for Isaac, he knew that somehow, in some way, even if God has to raise him back up from the dead, he will continue to honor his word. He will continue to honor his promise. He was convinced about the truthfulness of God, that he was truthful and that he could trust God. Someone say amen. amen. So how does this all apply to our lives today? In the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, the first call of conviction that we faced in our life is that God has called us out. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who has what? Called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. God, just like God called Abraham out of the world system that Abraham was in, God has called us out of this world, out of this world system, out of this world's belief structure. He has called us to leave behind the inheritance of sin and destruction and to lay aside our desires and our wishes and to consecrate our lives completely to Him. But there is only one way that we can obey and only one way 
that we can heed this call. Because like Abraham, we need to have a firm conviction in our mind about the absolute truthfulness of God. We need our minds made up, church, that we will stand for what we believe in. That we will follow where God leads. That we will go where He calls us. Church, we are called to come out from among them. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 17, it says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Brothers, sisters, we need to be separated from this world. We need to be separated from the influence of this world. We need to be living holy lives. We need to be living pure lives. We need to be living lives that are dedicated to the things of God. First Peter Chapter 1 and verse 15 tells us, But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of lifestyle, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. The second call of conviction. The first call is that we are to go out. The second call is that God has called us to be faithful. Everyone say faithful. For 25 years, Abraham sojourned in a foreign land with no indication of when God's promise would be fulfilled. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, reading from the ESV, it says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him to be subject all things to Himself. Then Philippians chapter 4 and verse 1, the start of the next chapter, says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Brothers and sisters, for those of us who have answered that first call of consecration, who have stepped out from the life that we once knew, who have decided that we're going to walk a new path, who have decided that we're going to live our life for Jesus. The second call of consecration, like Abraham, is found in our faithfulness to the things of the Lord. Amen. Despite the cost, despite the ridicule that we face, despite the hurt, despite the Days that we face where we, we feel like the promises of God are so far away. We are called to remain faithful. We are called to remain on task. We are called to remain on duty. For this world is not our home. Like Abraham, we are searching for a city which has sure foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10, it says that Abraham was looking for a city that has foundations. Abraham wasn't looking for some abstract idea. He wasn't looking for some philosophy. He wasn't looking for some religion. But he had a solid fixed goal in his mind. And he knew that God was faithful. He knew that God was dependable. He knew that God was trustworthy. Brothers and sisters, if you're wondering why you're struggling with your Christian walk, why you are struggling with your faithfulness, you need to understand in your mind that God is faithful. 
His Word is true. His promises are sure. And so even though we might not see the answer tomorrow, and we might not see the answer the next day, and we might not see the answer the week after that, we're still going to keep walking for God. I'm still going to keep living for God. I'm still going to keep honoring God with my life and my actions and my thoughts and my attitudes. Because I am convinced in my mind of the absolute faithfulness and truthfulness of God. Why don't we just praise the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It doesn't matter the hardship. It doesn't matter the weariness. It doesn't matter the ridicule. I met someone last week. They found out for the first time I go to church. She looked me up and down and said, Oh, you're one of God's kids, aren't you? It was full of insult and full of trying to make me feel bad. But you know what? It doesn't matter what people say about me. It doesn't matter what the world thinks about me. It doesn't matter if they think I'm stupid or I'm crazy or I'm nuts. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to stand for Him. I'm not going to turn to the left or the right. I'm not going to back down, but I'm going to stake my claim on the fact that God's Word is true, that He is dependable, that His promises are sure. Amen. The second call of consecration is a call to faithfulness, a call to the absolute and unwavering commitment to the things of God. The third and possibly the hardest call of all. The final call of conviction. And I think this is where many Christians struggle. And that is the call to give God our all. When you have answered the call to leave this world behind. And when you are answering the call to be continually faithful. Be ready for the third call of conviction. What is God going to ask you to give up? Isaac represented the fulfillment of the promises of God. And, and I don't know, we don't read in the scripture what Abraham thought, but, but maybe Abraham had started making Isaac his priority instead of God. Maybe he had started thinking that all of God's promises were now fulfilled. Maybe too much of his time and his devotion was all wrapped up in his son. And God is saying, hang on, I just want to check. Are you willing to give that to me as well? What are you holding on to that you don't give up for God? Because the final call of conviction will see God asking you to lay aside that which is most precious to you for His cause. Because it is only when God occupies the place of preeminence in your heart that you will see the blessings of God upon your life. How often, though, do we hang on to these things, these little treasures that we want to keep, habits that we want to hang on to, that block us, from trusting God completely. But not Abraham. They say that the word used in the Genesis there is lad, which means, you know, 
Isaac must have been anywhere from maybe 16 to, to 20 years old, maybe even a little bit older. So for something like 45 to 50 years of faithfully following God, when God spoke to Abraham, listen to the words God uses. He says, I want your son, your only son. And in case Abraham didn't know, God brought it home and said, the one that you love. Yeah, that son. Your son. Your only son. The one that you love. We might expect him to argue. We might expect him to reason. We might expect him to beg and to plead for the life of his son. The one that God said was his only son. You see, you got to understand, every other culture that was around them at that time did this kind of stuff. They did child sacrifices. And it was not a law yet. God had not told Abraham that you don't do child sacrifice. That wasn't until the law of Moses. And so Abraham had no way of knowing if God actually wanted him to go through with it. But listen to the, the trust in the promises of God. When it just says in the next verse, Abraham rose up early the next morning, took the fire, took the wood, and set off to Mount Moriah. He doesn't question God. He doesn't ask God. He doesn't complain. He just knows God is faithful. His promises are sure. So my question for you today, as we get ready to close... Has God called you out of this world? Is God calling you to leave this world behind? Is God calling you this morning to begin your journey of consecration? Or maybe this morning you've been living for God for some time. Are you waiting on promises from God? Has it been painful? Have you been ridiculed for what you believe in? Are you wondering if it's worth it all? Or maybe you've been living for God for a long time and you feel cold this morning. You don't feel the presence of God like you know you should. How long has it been since you felt tears draw tracks down your face in the presence of the King of Kings? How long has it been since you've left your hands up in abandoned worship, not worrying about who is around you, not worrying about what's going on, not worrying about how loud the music is or how wrong the drummer sounds or, or how bad this is or how wrong that is or worrying about how long has it been since God has been your only focus? How long has it been since you've answered the call of consecration in your life? To lay aside the little things that you've refused to lay down throughout the years. Maybe it's a hurt. Maybe it's an offense. Something you refuse to forgive. And it blocks you out. And God is saying, give it to me. Let me take it. Let me get back into right relationship with you this morning. Maybe it's a habit that you can't break. Maybe it's an addiction that you can't shake. Maybe this morning you're sitting here and you're just not convinced that you even really need God in your life. Why don't we all stand this morning? Feel God's presence here.